Hey guys, it's Heaven from Just a Grown True Crime, and today I'm going to be telling you about this app called Anchor. It helped me start my podcast, and it can help you start yours. Anchor is a free app that lets you use it from your phone or your computer. So if you want to do it on the go, and you want to just record, you can record one. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more to get your own podcast out there. You can make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you want in just one podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I did. What are you waiting for? Well, guys, it's Friday. <laughs> Welcome back. And I hope you enjoyed the case of my case of the six haunted places in PA. I really hope you enjoyed that. And tonight we're going to be talking about Bryce. I'm going to butcher this last name. Last Pisa? But we're just going to call him Bryce. So, don't laugh at me. Why record when y'all are sleeping? <laughs> anyway, so his, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, his disappearance is very weird because nobody knows what happened to him, right? And I have some theories of my own, and I think they're very good theories. So, he was a college student. He was young, talented, and charismatic. He was the only child of Michael and Karen. The family had an absolutely close-knit, but the trajectory of red-headed Bryce's life would soon take a harsh and extreme twist. Rather than cheering their son's achievements in school, Bryce's parents now spend their time each and every day asking the same question what happened to our son that was my ice maker if you just heard that in the background so a little bit before we're going to talk about who is Bryce like I said he was the only son of Michael and Karen he had been born and grown in Illinois not long after he passed um, from high school in 2012, the family shifted across the country to California. I've always wanted to go to California. Bryce seemed to adjust to life in California without any difficulties. A talented artist, he was majoring in graphic and industrial, industrial design at Sierra College in Rockland. And he achieved very well in school. He was still inexperienced, but had already made an impressive por portfolio of work. Bryce was extremely charming, with cheerful and a friendly behavior that immediately... Put people at comfort. 
He made a number of friends during his freshman year at Sierra College, and he also started dating another student named Kim Sly. At the end of the school year, he went back to his parents' home in Lagana, Nigel, which was around 465 miles south of his college. He was attached with his parents and seemed to be delighted to be home with them. He divided part of the summer taking an English class at a local college. This gave him a jump start on gaining the credits he would would have to require to get his degree. <clears throat> the fall semester began on August 26 in 2013. Bryce attended a speech class and a web design class that day, and he phoned his mother that night to tell her how much she loved them. As far as Karen was concerned, the talk had been perfectly normal. Bryce was inactive and delighted about the new semester, and it didn't show like there was anything required to be worried about. Who saw Bryce with him on an everyday basis, however, were worried about him. He had... Um, he hadn't been acting like himself since he came back to Rockland two weeks before, and his attitude was developing increasingly unstable. So now we're going to talk some symptoms of declining behavior that I found. Bryce had never been a nasty teenager. He was, you know, a typical youngster in college. Bryce's history with booze and drugs was somewhat typical for a teenager starting to have a bit of an adventure. He had partaken in some underage drinking at gatherings, and his, and his parents probably learned that he smoked marijuana, which, you know what, we've all done that. I've done it. My husband's done it. Um, you know, it's just a typical thing that most kids do. Those close to Bryce were actually shocked and noticed an unexpected increase in his drinking usages. Bryce was drinking every day at this point, and when asked on it, he would simply say nothing was wrong. After some pushback from his girlfriend, he admitted to um, her saying that he was also taking a study drug named, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, it's called Benice. That's definitely wrong, but don't come at me for that, guys. Things began to con confuse completely out of control right around, you know, the time the class had started. On Tuesday, Bryce's behavior looked even odder. Kim knew that he had been drinking rather heavily lately, but this seemed to be more than just alcohol. Concerned, she inquired Bryce on what was wrong, and he asserted that everything was good. When Kim persisted to press him, he finally confessed that, you know, in addition to drinking, he was taking that drug. An amphetamine-based narcotic is, um, and that drug that I mispronounced, so I'm not going to say it again, is a powerful stimulant, and the effect it has on a person is equal to that of methamphetamine. It has become a famous active drug on many college campuses as it gives an energy boost then energy boost that enables 
the user to go without any sleep for extended periods of time. From there, things went downhill for the couple. With the impacts of the drug offer extreme outbursts of energy and similarities of methamphetamine, made the drug both active and an academic an academic tool across the U.S. college campus. Kim noticed that these impacts in Bryce, who reportedly took the drug with a friend in order to stay up all night, drinking and playing video games. Kim was concerned as this was, you know, very out of the ordinary and it was very uncharacteristic attitude for Bryce. But he didn't seem to feel like it was a big deal. He appeared too grown hindered with Kim for suspecting him and he finally sent her a text message you know saying that she would be better off without him confused you know Kim replied back to the text and asked if he was breaking up with her nobody res deserves a breakup text okay if you're gonna break up with me come to my house and break up with me face to face don't do it over text and he specified when you know she asked for that he specified that he indeed was around 11 p.m. that night Bryce called his mother um from Kim's apartment and it's a bigamous why Bryce supposed to visit Kim as he hadn't changed his mind about breaking up with her and is still and he still denied to give any explanations for his sudden discussion worried about his erotic behavior you know because they ended up getting back together and then two days later he said that he was going to break up with her again so kim being the girl the girlfriend you know or ex whatever she was at this point thought something was wrong and she took his car keys off of him and asked him to go to go nap before trying to drive home Bryce told her that he preferred to leave and demanded that he she gave his keys back. When Kim declined, you know, his mom was called. Um, I believe that Kim called his mom and she was like, something's up with Bryce. Like, he's not, this isn't normal. So she then, Kim then talks to Bryce and everything. And he goes, no, you know, everything's fine. I'm all right. I just broke up with her or whatever. She won't let me leave. And, you know, some people could be thinking, like, oh, maybe they could think, like, oh, well, maybe she was just mad that they broke up with him. No, I think she was genuinely worried because he was so out of character. And this wasn't like Bryce. So he complained that um, Kim wouldn't let him go home. But like I said, she did. And he, you know, said, I'm fine. So the mom ended up talking to Kim. Um, um, Kim ended up talking to his mom, Karen, and she's like, you know what? He says he's fine. Just give him his keys and just let him go. So she obliged, and Kim gave Bryce his car keys, and he left her apartment around 11.30 p.m. They thought he was going right home. The next morning, Bryce's parents got an automated message from their insurance affirming that there had been a roadside help requested in place for one of their vehicles. So roadside assistance called them and said, hey, is this your vehicle? They were like, yeah, we let our son use it. He's in college. And they're like, well, listen, 
we had to go there and they're like all right we'll call their son so they called bryce wondering if he had some type of car trouble you know going back from kim's apartment to his apartment they were shocked um because they eventually called the bryce's roommate and they're like is bryce okay we got roadside assistance and the um roommate said yeah he never came home and they were like what so now panic right so she that's when she decided to try bryce on his cell phone but he didn't answer the couple was able to find the repair shop that had helped bryce via the via the internet from there they were able to determine that the auto shop's name that had come to Bryce's aid discovered that Bryce had called roadside roadside assistance around 9 a.m. that morning from a small town of Buttonwillow, more than 350 miles south from Kim's apartment. It was apparent that Bryce must have driven nonstop throughout the night to get there. But Bryce, where are you going? Right? His parents decided to call the repair shop and they got a hold of an employee named christian and christian is an angel from above okay so christian the employee who answered the call told karen that bryce had gone as far as the button willow rest area before running out of gas and he had given him three gallons of gas to him around 9 30 a.m when he heard karen had been unable to get a hold of her son Christian decided to go back there, you know, and see if Bryce was still there. He didn't expect to see Bryce there, but when he was there, you know, because it had almost been three hours since the roadside assistance call, and he thought, you know, wherever Bryce was going, he was probably going to go there. But when he pulled up to the place and pulled over to the rest area, he saw Bryce resting in his car in the exact same place he had been that morning. Bryce seemed shocked to see Christian as well, even more so when Christian handed him his cell phone and told him his mother wanted to talk to him. Karen was released to hear, you know, her son's voice, but was worried about the circumstances in general. When she asked Bryce what he was doing, he really didn't have an answer. Although Bryce offered little in the way of much information, his voice was clear and there was nothing to indicate that he was intoxicated. Since Bryce was only about three hours away from their home, Karen decided that the questioning could wait. All Bryce had to do was get back on Interstate 5 and he would be home in a matter of hours. She suggested Bryce fill up his gas tank and they said they would expect to see him home around 3 p.m. And, you know, Bryce accepted. He's like, yep. But 13, he, you know, he didn't go. So I know they called the police and like, I believe I read in an article, like he said he didn't want to talk to them or anything. And, you know, the police were like, nope, he seems fine. We can't do anything. So he, um, they thought he was home. 13 hours in Buttonwillow. Due to his unusual behavior, his parents, like I said, quickly got the police involved when he didn't reach Rockland. When they know when they realized he hadn't arrived at their home by three thirty PM, they ended 
They got worried. They tried to call Bryce, but once again, he was not answering his phone. They tried to tell themselves to, like, give them reassurance that Bryce was, you know, just probably stuck in traffic. But as the hours ticked away, there was still no word from him, and they knew they were not dealing with a simple traffic jam. <clears throat> Distributed that Bryce may have been in a car accident, they, you know, decided to call the police, and they reported him missing. So the first thing the police did, you know, they called the phone. They called the cell phone provider, and they had them ping it to see if they could come up with his location. Once they did, it didn't take him fine. So almost 10 hours after the roadside assistance call was made, Bryce was still in Buttonwillow. Once they got to Bryce's location at that rest area, two Kern County deputies were sent to check on him. He had loaded up his gas tank like his mother directed, but rather than get on I Interstate 5, he had simply parked near it. If he was surprised to see the deputies, he concealed it well. He was polite, cooperative, and told them he was just trying to blow off some steam before resuming his drive home. It was a logical explanation, but deputies wanted to make sure he was really okay to drive. So, you know, they, like I said, they gave him the sobriety test, and he easily passed that. They didn't find drugs in his car. They didn't find alcohol. No weapons. They were just like, yep, story checks out. He wasn't a child. He wasn't involved in any crime. So, you know, they didn't really have any reason to detain him because of a phone call he got from his parents. Before they let him go, like I said, they told him he needed to call his mother, and they were astonished when Bryce looked hesitant to do so after telling him that she had been extremely worried about him. Finally, one of the officers took Bryce's cell phone out and called his mom himself. He convinced her that Bryce was fine, and he passed their sobriety test and appeared to be fine. They had no doubts about him being on the road, and reassured Karen somewhat. She spoke briefly with her son, telling him that he needed to get himself something to eat and then get back on the road. He said that he would, and after deputies... I'm sorry, and after Bryce spoke with his mother, the deputies left, convinced that he was finally ready to make the drive home, despite his trust that he would still be on his way. Shortly, Bryce was still sitting in the same spot a few hours later when the employee at the rest um, at that shop, Christian, drove by, he called Karen to tell her that Bryce was still parked on the side of the road and told her he would, you know, go follow Bryce to the interstate and make sure he got onto the interstate um, to make sure that he was heading their way. Bryce looked to realize what was realized that he was not going to get away with waiting any longer, especially if the police had to come back. He got a soda at a nearby gas station and told Christian, you know, all right, I'm going to start driving home. It's fine. Finally, more than 13 hours after he arrived there, Bryce left Buttonwillow and he ended up getting on Interstate 5. Christian watched him for about 10 miles and did not observe anything strange by about his driving. When he called Karen back to let her know that Bryce was finally on the interstate and heading to the direction of their house, He was like, that's it. I did it for you guys. I gotta go. So, 
I know um, he Bryce did tell his mom like he had to talk to them about a lot of stuff. Nobody knows what they had to talk about. So that was that remains, you know, very weird. So we're going to talk about now the car wreck in the middle of the night extended to delay his arrival at his parents home at 150 a.m. a.m. He called them and said he had taken a road. He was using GPS and it estimated that he would arrive at 325 a.m. Then he called for a second time at 209 a.m. to tell them that he was too tired to drive and rest. You know, and his mom was like, okay, you know what, yeah, pull over to the highway, highway, get some rest. First thing in the morning, you know, you can come up over here. No. My kid, if there something like this is going on with them and they say, I can't come home. No, you're almost here. Get your butt. Let's go. Or you know what? I'll have your father or one of or me myself, you know, drive out. We'll meet halfway and stuff like that. The following his day, the following day, his parents were actually awoken by the sound of the California Highway Patrol officer at their door. Bryce's car had been found smashed, but without Bryce inside the car. The crash, the car had um, went off a 25-foot embankment before crashing onto the road where it was eventually discovered. Camera footage revealed that only a few minutes after telling his parents that he was suppo- like taking a rest, he actually drove up the hill toward the uh, Castic. I believe that's how you pronounce that, Lake Recreation Area. Just over two hours later, he drove past this camera again, heading up the mountain. Bryce's car was found destroyed under an hour after this second pass. Without Bryce present, officers were tasked with piecing together what happened. Surprisingly, they realized that the car had not driven off the embankment by, off the embankment by accident, it seemed that if it was done on purpose and that Bryce had held the accelerator down this entire time. The car was on its side and when the police found it, the glass had been broken from a side from the inside, letting likely letting Bryce escape. All of his major belongings, like his phone, were in the car. A duffel bag that carried clothes and Bryce's wallet were all discovered on the road near the vehicle so they weren't even in the vehicle it was near the vehicle the bag was open showing signs that someone had been inside the crash had only little signs of blood in the driver's seat and there were no signs um on the ground indicating bryce struggled to move so the search for bryce was um very extensive with officers using Groundwater and aerial crews to search through the vast and natural terrain of the lake um, state recreation area. Dogs were handled and followed. Bryce's sent to actually a location called Government Cove, but expert divers could not find any hint of him. Despite all the struggles, Bryce had apparently disappeared. With no indications of foul play, investigators quickly started to suspect that Bryce had been suicidal. Sean, a friend, told police that Bryce had gifted him his Xbox console along with a pair of diamond earrings 
that were from his mother. Combined with odd behavior before the crash, some show Bryce's mental health might have been compromised. Huh, man. So, his family, like, really, they didn't believe that he was suicidal. Um, they brought, I know they brought dogs back in, and the dogs actually picked up another scent to, like, a, um, truck stop, and then it just, like, stopped there. So, they don't know if Bryce was meeting somebody. I don't know if he just got into a car with a stranger, and that was it. But, I have some theories, and I... One, I want to know, what did he have to talk to his parents about? What was the stuff that he had to say to his parents? Um, His parents also, you know, some people who podcasted about Bryce's disappearance and everything as well, also, you know, questioned his parents' meanings. Like, why didn't you go out there and get your kid? Like, why didn't you do more? Why did you say, you know, like, yes, let, it's fine for you to sleep on the side of the road when we all know because camera showed that Bryce wasn't actually sleeping. What was actually going through his mind? Me personally, I don't think he's dead. I believe whatever was in that duffel bag, how the police found it and they said something was taken, looked like something was taken out of it. Okay. So, what was taken out of that duffel bag? Um, the glass was broken from the inside by some type of tool, so Bryce got himself out, and, you know, they did say that he didn't, he didn't have a struggle of, um, walking or anything like that. He didn't have a struggle to move. I think Bryce wanted to start a new life don't know why he wanted to start a new life <clears throat> that's my theory i ther- i fully believe that you know he faked his death and everything like that and then vanished wherever he went but his social security has not pinged his accounts or social media have not pinged they have not been used since he went missing which is crazy. So it all brings it. I feel like that if we knew what was in that duffel bag and what was taken out, I believe we would have some type of answers to where maybe Bryce is or was he involved with something? You know, what happened? What happened to Bryce? I mean, his friends have, his friend, his girlfriend had told his parents, you know, Something's wrong with Bryce. He's not acting right. But, you know, when they would talk to their son, he'd say, you know what, I'm fine. And they wouldn't pry. They wouldn't ask any more questions. They were like, okay, he says he's fine. I'm pretty sure you guys are just overreacting. No. Something happened. Or something was going on with your son. And you just didn't, you know, you just didn't dig deep enough into it.
So yeah, I mean, like I said, that um, trail went cold, and nothing else was really found. Um, on September fourth, in two thousand thirteen, charred remains were found near the lake, and you know, they were not, or they did not belong to Bryce. Four years later, a skull was found nearby, off nearby, Templin Highway. And was likewise ruled out. Similar reports over the years had off also left investigators, you know, pretty much empty-handed. Without a body, detectives are, you know, unable to actually close this case to this day. And a number of theories were proposed to explain Brian, not Brian, Bryce's disappearance. You know, he left his phone and wallet behind, you know, indicate that he intended to abandon his old life for a new one, either under an assumed identity or, you know, just off the grid. Another one says that, you know, it's possible that with his drug and alcohol use provoked the psychotic break or the withdrawal from that drug, which caused a sudden seizure depression. It also remains possible that he died on or around the night of August 30th and his remains have yet to be found. They really don't know what happened to Bryce. Whether the truth of his disappearance was a tragedy for those close to him, um, which, you know, it is a terrible tragedy. They hope, you know, they say, I'll never give up hope, but it's difficult, his mother told reporters. It's gut-wrenching every day knowing it's like a living, it's like living a nightmare. In the years since his disappearance, no further clues have emerged either. His parents still issue missing persons posters and remain hopeful that someday they'll learn the truth. So, his family, you know, they still believe, you know, after seven years of his disappearance, you know, Bryce's family still continues that he's out there. Whether they think their son wishes to be found or he's hiding, many think Bryce likely just died soon after he disappeared. In seven years after his escape, there, you know, has been no verified sighting of Bryce regarding his red hair, muscular build, and easily identifiable, identifiable features in the broad public search work. It would be surprising that nobody has seen him. I just think, you know, if he decided to start a new life, you know, maybe he could have switched that. Like, he could have did all of that. If he decided, you know, to run off somewhere and start a new life somewhere else, it's difficult to believe that he would have been able to keep his name secret for very long. His data has actually been registered in the National Missing Person Database, and his fingerprints, dental records, and DNA are all on record. His parents never discontinued their search for him, and like I said, they only hope one day to know what happened to their son. His parents consistently post to a Facebook page devoted to discovering their son, and maybe someday soon we can all discover what happened. And I don't... I'll, once I look at the, find the Facebook page... Here, let me look it up real quick. Hold on.
All right. So the I didn't want to hear I didn't want you guys to hear me clicking. Um, the Facebook page is called Fine Bryce Blasby. You all know I already can't pronounce last names and everything. Um, and it says you know about if you go on the page I'm actually on it right now, Bryce has been missing since. August 30, 2013, his Toyota Highlander was found crashed in the uh, lake in California with all of his personal belongings, but no Bryce. If you have information, you can call, if you have any information, you can call 949-292-4400 and everything like that. So if you want to find any information out like that, you can, um, you can definitely look at this page and hopefully we can find Bryce and hopefully we get some answers because it's a crazy one and everything like that. Um, I know some people believe, I mean, there are some people that believe he's dead. But, you know, some people believe that he's still alive. And here's the crazy thing. If if Bryce is, you know, still alive um, and someone does recognize him, he he's an adult, you know, the cops and stuff really don't have to tell his parents that he's alive. He could just be like, yeah, I don't want to be found. I mean, and they wouldn't really have an obligation to... um say hey we know where your son's at but i don't know i i personally believe he um i think he's still alive and i believe he just started his new life for whatever um reason he just wanted to up and leave um not sure but no social media accounts have been um you know used or anything like that he he people said he seemed like a happy you know person and everything so i'm not sure guys but that is that story missing missing still missing case and everything um i hope you enjoyed it i don't know what case i'm doing next um Wednesday we'll probably do paranormal um and everything when you get this it'll be Friday um I'm actually uploading on a Saturday and I already have Wednesdays done so you'll get them at 6 p.m when I pre-record just trying to get a little bit on a schedule um maybe we'll do some like haunted bridges or something or maybe do some more staircase in the woods I'm not sure I wanted to pre-record because with next week um, next Thursday, I'm taking my kids out to for treating, and I just didn't want it to be too much. But for that, you, if you guys, it's crazy case. Thank you so much for listening. You know, um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at Just a Grown True Crime. If you want to send me a Gmail and ha- or have like you know a case suggestion, you can send me a Gmail at Just a Grown True Crime. 
You can also follow the Facebook page at Just a Girl in True Crime. I had a couple people visit it um, and stuff like that. If you want to follow the YouTube, you can do at Just a Girl in True Crime. And I think that's all my stuff and everything like that. But that's this case. So I hope you enjoyed it. I'll talk to you guys soon. Remember to spare. Lola, I could talk. Remember to spread love and not hate. And I'll be talking to you guys later.